You're listening to the Social Spectrum Podcast with Gina Galliotto. Here we prove that success on social media and in entrepreneurship is not one size fits all and discuss thriving online through the lens of different personality types, lifestyles, and neurodiversity. Success lives on a spectrum, so your impossible search for the one right way to grow your online business ends here. On the Social Spectrum Podcast, we'll unfold your right way instead. Let's dive in. I discuss neurodiversity a lot on this podcast, and I realized the other day I'm not quite sure I actually took the time to share the definition of what that means for those of you who might not already know. So let's talk about that before we dive in today. Neurodiversity refers to different variations in the brain regarding things like sociability, learning, attention, mood, and all other types of just really crucial mental functions. And so this encompasses stuff like ADD and ADHD, OCD, the autism spectrum, and lots of things in between. And so though neurodiversity is very widely underdiagnosed and underreported and shows up in many different ways, there is research that supports the fact that there is likely a significant number of entrepreneurs that may be neurodivergent. And that is just because some of these symptoms of neurodivergence tend to align well with kind of going against the norms. So like risk taking, creativity and unlocking kind of different ways of thinking um, and different ways of viewing things. And these things can be really beneficial in entrepreneurial roles. So I, even though I've struggled a lot with my symptoms from neurodiversity, I am diagnosed with OCD and I suspect other things. (laughs) I'm also grateful for the way that my brain thinks and the way that it can hyper focus on things that I love and, you know, all kinds of different things. But that being said, it did take me a while to learn to love that side of me. And so I wanted to share today just three tools that helped me really not only manage my neurodiversity, but almost leverage my neurodiversity as well. And I use these three tools every single freaking day that I am working on my business. The first tool I want to talk about is Sunsama. And that is because it's the first tool that I open every day. It is a digital planning software. And I just really want to, I think I've talked about this before, but I really want to hone in on the fact that I am someone who has never stayed consistent with one planning tool. Like I always was jumping around from all different types of digital planners and doing it by hand and then going back to digital and then just falling off for months and months and not planning at all. But this I have been solidly using and not only using, but looking forward to using every day for like just months, 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 months. I can't, I don't even know. It's been a long time. It's a habit now. And like, if you are listening and you are neurodivergent, you might understand how impactful or how powerful that is to actually have a habit that is enrooted that's actually also productive, if that makes sense. You know, everybody's different with the way that their neurodiversity shows up, but that may be something that you struggle with. It's definitely something I struggled with. I love Sunsama. I'm actually going to pull it up right now just to talk about some of the features so you can get an understanding of why I love it and why it makes my brain kind of tick and see if it would be compatible for you as well. I understand, you know, not everything is for everyone, but let's talk about it some more just in case. 
Okay. So first of all, whenever you are in Sunsama and you start it for the day, it takes you through a workflow so that you don't get ahead of yourself. Okay. A planning workflow, I should say. So what I mean by that is you first, you know, you open it up and before it lets you start planning for today, it makes you kind of close out yesterday. So I, that's how I am. I do that in the morning, but I think what you're technically supposed to do is do the shutdown, you know, the evening before, but either way it works beautifully for me. So it makes me kind of handle yesterday's tasks. So what that means is I take a look at what I finished yesterday and what I didn't finish yesterday. And I am able to then reprioritize. So I move stuff over to either today's to-do list or later in the week's to-do list. And this also kind of relieves some of the guilt for me for not finishing tasks. Eventually, like I kind of just got into this routine of if it's not time sensitive and doesn't have like a specific deadline, rolling it over into the next day and being totally fine with that instead of beating myself up and being like, oh my God, I didn't finish every single to-do. Like, you know. So that is one thing. Once you've finished with that, then it goes into planning today. And then it is already set up to be hooked up to your other calendars. So if you do have meetings like on your Google calendar, for example, or any other tasks, it will say, Hey, do you want to add this to your calendar in Tsunsama for today? And you can say yes or no. Whenever you then start planning your tasks for the day, you have little blocks. Okay. So each task is a block. And on each block, hold on, I'm clicking around in it. (laughs) Whenever you make a new block, you're going to type in the task. It allows you to then set the duration, which I absolutely love. So about how long do you expect it to take? So let's say you're going to do social media creation in Canva for one hour right? So you set it for one hour. It then allows you to set a channel. And this is, (laughs) again, this is probably a neurodiversity thing. I don't know. But the channels are associated with colors. And something about this just makes my brain just like, it just scratches my brain. I put my Sansama dashboard in night mode. And so then the colors are even more just like fun. I don't know. I love it. And so you choose a channel, right? So for this, for me, mine would be social media, my social media channel. If I was creating in Canva, I also have channels like brand deals, emails, newsletter, podcast, admin. And then I have one for each of my digital offers. So like if I'm, you know, maintaining one of those offers or updating one of those offers or supporting my students or something like that. As you're adding your blocks and you know, you're adding each to do for the day, there's a clock at the top that is adding up the hours. So like I said, if I, you know, did set Canva creation for one hour, but then I set, you know, like batch newsletters for two hours, then at the top, it would say three hours and then so on and so forth as I created more tasks. And once I got to eight hours, it would say, Okay, you've got an unrealistic workload here. So like if I tried to add more than eight hours, it would, it would warn me and it would be like, look, this is setting yourself up for failure. (laughs) It will say it in more professional terms, but that's essentially what it's trying to tell you. And it's not going to not let you plan beyond eight hours, but it will turn red and it will suggest that you move things around, right? Or move things to different parts of the week. So after you've done that, after you've created all your task blocks, you've designated a channel to them, you've set the duration of about how long you expect to work on them, then you can drag those blocks onto 
a calendar. So like a daily calendar, right? Where it says like, I don't know, let's see where it starts. Oh, okay. It's midnight to midnight. Okay. So it's a daily hourly calendar. So this is where I drag my blocks onto which hour of the day I actually want to complete this. Each block will show up in the color of the channel that you designated it as. It will already take up the appropriate amount of space on the hourly calendar of the duration you set it as. So like if you set it for two hours and you drag it onto the calendar and you start it at 5 a.m., which is so early, I don't know why I chose that time, then it would go to 7 a.m. Does that make sense? Like the block would expand to the appropriate amount of space. And then there's this red line through the hourly calendar that shows you what time it is right now. So the red line is where the time is right now. And as that red line moves through your task list, it grays out that part of the task, right? Or, you know, that task. And whenever you complete the task, you press the check mark that's on the block and it adds a little green like sticker for you (laughs) and it shows you where you completed that task at. And what I absolutely love is that if you set the duration for two hours for a task, but it actually only took you like an hour and 25 minutes, and you know, you press check at that point, it actually is going to adjust the block. And so it's going to show you this is how much time you set it for, but this is how much time it actually took. And so then you can use that for the future, right? You can actually gauge how long you're actually spending on things. And then you can same if it takes you longer than you expected, you can drag the block down to expand it to the time you actually completed it at before you check it off. Something else that may be very useful for you as well is if it does take you a shorter or longer amount of time to complete a task than you expected, Sunsama's AI will actually like reorganize your calendar to adjust for that, right? So like if it only took me an hour and 25 minutes when I thought it would take me two hours, then it's going to move up some of my other tasks potentially. Or sometimes it even, if it takes me longer to complete a task, sometimes it will split blocks. So like say I plan to do three hours of work on something, it might turn it into two one and a half hour blocks. Now you can undo this. So it will, it will make the adjustments and then you can say undo if you don't like it, but it's just so helpful. It's so intuitive and it's also just addicting. It makes you want to open it and it makes you want to complete your tasks. Oh, and one feature I love too that I forgot to mention is that it does have subtasks as well. So like say I label one task emails, but I want to be more specific with my task because you always should be. Then I'll create subtasks for each email that I actually want to respond to, right? So I'll be like, I'll put the brand name and then I'll put like the client name or whatever it is and so on and so forth, just so that I can be super clear on my tasks. All right. So that is mostly it for Sinsama. It does more than I even, you know, talked about today, but those are the main things that I love about it. I will go ahead and drop a link for Sinsama in the show description for you. So you can check it out yourself. I will say I always use the desktop version. So just keep that in mind. I don't know if the app version is super different. I think it is more limited. So yeah, I use the desktop app or the desktop browser, but I don't use the mobile app. And they do have a free trial, so you don't have to commit right away. Um, but I definitely encourage you to tinker around in it because oh, it is so good. <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about is space time monotasking. This has saved my freaking life a few times, like quite a few times. 
You may have heard me talk about monotasking, like the actual process of monotasking in prior episodes, and I may have to do just a whole episode on that. But what space time monotasking is, is basically accountability meetings with other people who are also body doubling, which is essentially multiple people working in proximity to each other, but not interacting with each other. Actually, one of your all-time favorite episodes, episode two, I think it was, was with the co-owner of Spacetime Monotasking. Guys, you know those things when you just like keep putting it off for days and days and days, and it's either because you just hate it, you don't want to do it, like taxes or something like that, or it's because you're self-sabotaging. You're putting it off because you're scared, you're overwhelmed, and you are self-sabotaging yourself. This is when I'm like, I need a space time monotasking session. It pops right into my head. And it's because like it's setting a meeting with yourself. It's different to just set a task on your calendar for something that isn't necessarily time sensitive. Like it is, but no one's going to scold you for it. So what I mean by that is for me, like a brand collaboration deadline is going to be a lot easier for me to actually hit because someone knows about it and is holding me accountable. Whereas if it's like my own deadline and I'm just wanting to launch a digital product or something like that, but I keep putting it off, then that is whenever this comes in so much handy because it's it's not just putting a task on your calendar. It's setting an actual meeting to get it done. And it's putting some skin in the game, meaning monetarily. Now your first session is free, but for me, like... (laughs) paying for it. Like this is one of the only services where I'm like, take my money because it's the only way it's going to work. It's the only way it's going to actually make me do it. Like I absolutely love it. And then not only that, once you're on the session, it is just, it's such a vibe. Like what I do is I put brown noise on. I YouTube brown noise. I put headphones in and listen to that brown noise while I work. I set a timer. They kind of tell you how to do the flow, right? To get the most, the most out of it. Um, and then I put like a nice, trippy lighting on and, you know, cool screensaver on my TV. And I really make it a space that I want to be in. And again, this is all stuff that they teach you about. And it's just, it's amazing. Again, it's just like how I talked about with Sunsama. It's, it actually made me look forward to doing it. That's what I feel like I really, really need is that kind of that habit, that brain itch to actually do it. And that is why I love space time monotasking. Now, I will say I do it in maybe a way that you might not as far as the subscription. So what I mean by that is you get more if you actually subscribe, like you get a certain amount of monthly meetings. So just as an example, you get five sessions per month if you do $35 per month. So you can hop in on five accountability sessions per month, right? That's an amazing deal. But I actually choose to drop in for $10 per meeting, which is some months more expensive for me and some months maybe not. But the reason I do this is it's something again about the way I hold myself accountable. Like for some reason, if I'm paying $35 per month for something for five like floating sessions, I'm just, I don't know, it feels like I'm less likely to show up to those five sessions and to forget about it and let it go under the radar. But if I'm like, okay, I know I need to do this. And like, right whenever I start feeling anxious about how I've been putting it off, I go onto FaceTime and I book the $10 drop in, right? Like then I'm on the hook. I've spent the money now in the moment when I really needed to, and I couldn't like back out of it. 
Whereas for some reason, again, I just, even though the money is still coming out of my account for the monthly subscription, I just, I'm more likely to let it go under the radar. Kind of like a gym subscription, right? You're just like, eh, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow, right? So that's how I use it. It might not be like the logical way for you to use it. Who knows? But I just wanted to like give full transparency there on how it works for me exactly. Now, the third and final tool I want to talk about is slightly less tangible than the other two, but still just as effective and has completely changed my life. And that is habit stacking. So just to paint you the very thorough picture, as one example of something I was struggling with as an early on entrepreneur, in the mornings, I would find myself like sitting down and watching TV for so long because... I could, like, I didn't have to start my workday until later. But then I was obviously finding myself like being more stressed when I did start work or like, it's harder and harder to actually start work the longer you put it off in the day, first of all. But then I was working later too, because of that, it just wasn't good. But I couldn't figure out how to get my ass into my office at an earlier time. And what's so crazy is that now I'm in here a lot of times at like 7, 8 a.m. and I'm so excited and I love it and it's vibey and I have my coffee. Like it's a habit, right? Again, like I can't stress enough how huge that is for me that something productive is an actual ingrained habit that I want to do in my life. And so the way I used habit stacking to do this was, well, okay, first of all, back to the struggle. What I tried to do was set a time, right? I would be like, okay, Gina, like tomorrow, 9am, 9am, you are going to freaking get in your office. And so my 9am alarm would go off. And then I would be like, snooze, let me just watch like one more episode, or let me just go on a walk first or whatever. I would try to procrastinate it as much as possible. And I would still end up in my office late. And I realized whenever I learned about habit stacking, that the reason that wasn't working is because that wasn't like 9am for me at that time, it wasn't a habit. I like there was absolutely nothing about 9am that would trigger to my body and to my mind or to any of the habits within me that it's now time to start working, right? Like that was something I was pulling out of thin air. So what I had to do instead was actually think about the things I already do and love to do or are a habit at least. I don't have to love to do it, but it's already something like I automatically do without really thinking take those and stack it with the new habit that I want to create. And so for me, what I ended up choosing was coffee. So I I realized when I open my eyes in the morning, pretty much the first thing I want to do is drink my coffee. I go basically straight to the coffee machine after feeding the dog. And so I realized, okay, coffee can be my trigger. Now at the beginning, I used when I finished my cup of coffee. So I would sit down on the TV because I didn't want to be too abrupt, right? Like I didn't want to just be like, from now on, I'm going straight to the office, no TV. So I would sit down on the couch after I made my coffee and I would drink it as slow as I wanted or as fast as I wanted while I watched TV. And whenever I was finished with my first cup, that was when I headed into my office. So this was, it would be different times of the day, but still within reason. It wasn't a rigid like nine o'clock because again, that wasn't something that was a habit for me. And that was so much easier. Like, you know, I'm not going to say it like was day one exactly worked immediately. It still takes habit building, 
But the more and more days, and it only took really a few to really make it like a, a habit I looked forward to, the more days that I was, I went straight into my office after drinking my coffee, even if I sat in here and dilly dallied, you know, for a bit before I started working, but just starting that habit, it became so, so, so much easier than all of those months that I tried different things, like at specific times of the day and things like that, because they were just things I was trying to force out of nowhere. Right. So I hope that makes sense. Something that might be a better example for you if you don't have a morning coffee habit would be like brushing your teeth, something you do every day or doing your skincare, something you already do on autopilot. And so, yeah, it's just been so incredible. And I don't just use it in the morning. I use it all throughout my day. So as another example, if I'm going to go take my lunch break out on the couch and I am going to start watching TV again. This was another problem for me in the past. I would accidentally end up taking like a three-hour lunch break in the past. But now I've set cues that again are already in my life. So it will be like the end of an episode. So if it's a half-hour show, I'll give myself two episodes. Or if it's a one-hour show, I'll give myself one episode. I'll make my lunch. I'll watch it. And the cue, you know, is those those ending credits at the end for me to hop up and go back into the office. So that was so much easier again than trying to be like, okay, at exactly this time or in exactly 60 minutes. I will also link a resource for you. One of my favorite social media accounts that talks about habits in the show description. And I can't remember if I said this, but I'll also link the space time monotasking sessions in the show description for you too. And I believe to get your first free session for space time, you type in the code focus. So I'll add that detail as well. And I sincerely hope that this helps because again, I use these tools every single day and now I feel like they have just changed my life. And oh, and just to be clear, I'm not paying a $10 session every single day for the space time monotasking sessions, but I am monotasking every single day. So if you want a whole episode on monotasking and how I use that, we can definitely do that. Just DM me and let me know. All right, guys, catch you next time. If you liked this episode, it would make my day to hear about it. Please don't hesitate to share your thoughts on Instagram and tag me at Gina Galliotto or shoot me a DM letting me know so I can continue sharing episodes you love. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the Social Spectrum podcast and leave a five-star review so we can stay in each other's worlds. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Until next time, friend.